0: The following podcast is a dear media production. Welcome to the Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Hello, everybody. It has officially been three whole years of me welcoming you back to a new episode of The Bad Broadcast. Only a few weeks have been missed in those three years. I think maybe three. Three that come to mind. Three Mondays without a new episode, which feels insane to me. But of course, we have to do our three-year anniversary episode. I'm a little bit late. The first episode Of the bad broadcast came out on June 7th, 2020. And I think this episode comes out on like the 19th. So I'm a little bit late, but last year I didn't do my anniversary episode until like July. So we're improving little by little. But yeah, can't believe that was three years ago. We were all in lockdown. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we were still in lockdown, right? In June. And things have been pretty boring since then. Not much has changed. No, I'm joking. Everything has changed. My entire life is different from where it was. Three years ago. So every year when we hit another year of the podcast, I like to reflect on the last year. And this particular last year was insane. I don't think I've ever gone through so many changes. I don't know if anybody has ever gone through this many changes. That's kind of hyperbole, but you guys get what I mean. Just life, you know, exploded a little bit and everything changed. So I had a lot of reflecting to do. And today I'm going to tell you the 20 lessons that i learned in the last year of my life. And oh, before i do that, i meant to i meant to say this. Okay, so i pre-recorded like the previous june episodes. I think we've had two or three since then, and i recorded them in may, and so i wasn't thinking about pride and then the june episodes were coming out and i was like, "Oh my gosh, i didn't even mention pride." So i'm sorry that i'm later in the month, but of course, happy pride to all my LGBTQ plus babies. I love you more than anything. Everything about you is perfect. You've never done anything wrong in your whole life and you are loved and welcome here. And I hope that goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway, because there are definitely people who are not reminding you of that. So allow me, allow me to tell you how wonderful and perfect you are. Let's begin the list, The, the list of lessons, my yearly yearly reflection this was very cathartic this was funny in a lot of ways it was sentimental it was sad there was just there was a lot of emotions like I was just I was sitting in this office and I was going through I was like trying to go through like month by month I was even going through my like stories on Instagram like looking back at what exact what I was doing exactly a year ago and I mean this, this so this was in May but May of 2022 I did my very first live show which was crazy that was wild i did it in new york which was i mean i can't even talk about it that that was the coolest thing ever i traveled i went back to new york a couple of weeks later that was like in june so this was like a year ago i went back to new york solo i had never gone on a solo vacation and i went i was there for a few days that was like weird a weirdly pivotal time of my life was like that that solo trip and it was like kind of the beginning of a lot of changes in my life so that happened in this last year. It's just it was it was a lot. It, it was a lot. And I I have to say I've expressed this before, but I do it because I just I feel like we don't say it enough about ourselves that I am very proud, very proud of myself, of how for how I handled everything that came my way this year, because it was a shitstorm. And I'll, I'll say this right up top, I don't talk about the details a lot and I'm not going to in this episode because honestly, because they're, they're bad and because they're painful and they hurt me to talk about a lot of times. And I look back on how I've handled it and I really did try my best at every step of the way to do the best I could. And I stand by my, my actions and how I, how I've done it and how I've like kind of clawed my way out of some really tough situations. So yeah. Again, I don't talk about details and I know that that bothers people. I know, you know, I've gotten messages and questions and Q&A's of people saying, why don't you talk about this detail or this detail or this detail? Because, I mean, actually, I won't even answer that now because it's one of my it's on my list. It's on my list of lessons. So we'll talk about that a lot. But yeah, I hope that you are proud of hard stuff that you got through. And that's all I'm going to say about that before we, you know, dig into all of these things. Okay. Let's get into the 20 things I learned in the last year of my life. First thing I learned is that surviving is totally fine. If you are just surviving, if you are not thriving, if you are like, you know, barely functioning, but getting through the day, that is fine. It's wonderful. Even it is a feat that you should be very, very proud of. There were a lot of days especially last summer, which is kind of when everything in my life got uprooted. There were a lot of days where I would tell my friends, and I've said this before, but I would tell my friends and I would say, I lived through today. Don't ask any more of me. I'm going to see if I live tomorrow. And if I do, great. We'll do the next day. But beyond that, I can't, I have no more in me. Don't ask me what I'm doing Thursday because it's Tuesday right now. And I've only got Tuesday in me. So just let me let me breathe through this and survive. And I think that we all have like an innate guilt. If we're not getting a lot done. You know, like if there's dishes in the sink or laundry or, you know, work to be done or emails to be sent. Like, I mean, it just it weighs on us. And and I I know that life has to go on and we all have responsibilities. But when you're going through something hard or traumatic, if you are just, you know, breathing in and out and getting up in the morning and that's all you got, totally fine. There is a reason people call it going into survival mode. There's a reason it's an important phase of dealing with trauma. Surviving is great. You should be very proud of it. The second thing I learned this year, save a little bit of money if you can. This is my very first time being completely on my own financially. I earn my own money. I'm not financially tied to somebody else. Like this is this is a very new experience for me this year. And I'm not the best with money. Okay. I'll be the very first to admit it. Your girl loves to spend. I don't even necessarily splurge. Like I don't buy super expensive things. I just buy a lot of things. You know, I love an unbridled Trader Joe's run. I love a treat yourself day at Sephora where you're not really looking at the price tag of the makeup brushes. Like I, I like that. (laughs) And it feels very good when it's your own money and you're able to do it. Like I am beyond proud that I am able to support myself financially. But if you can, I've just learned that putting a little bit of money aside is a really great feeling because sometimes that account starts getting low. And when you have no money anywhere else, that's not a great feeling. So even just a little bit, I've learned that I like I used to do this thing where I used to put like huge chunks into savings. Like if I got a paycheck, I put a ton into savings and then I would run out of money and then I'd have to dip into savings. And I'd be and then finally it clicked. Like, why don't I just put less into savings? Like if I'm gonna dip into it anyway. So I just started saving smaller and smaller amounts and my savings account is by no means, by no means hefty, but it's getting there and I'm proud of it. And I am proud that I have exerted the self-control to just put, you know, $20 away here, $50 away there, like just little things like that. Like if I resist a purchase, like say I, you know, decided to not like, okay, like I was going to go see my parents in Atlanta. They were in Atlanta. And like, instead of like spending the money on the ticket, well, not instead of I had decided to not go like this was a separate thing. And then I was like, well, I felt comfortable spending that. So now I can feel comfortable putting that in savings. And so I've done that a few times. And it has it has never been a bad thing. It's never it's never served me wrong because, guys, guess what? You can get into savings if you need it. <laughs> I shouldn't advocate for that. But, I mean, just it's not the end of the world, you know, if you got to pull it out of savings. But it feels good to have a little stockpile in case things start getting low. Yeah, it took me 30 years to realize that. OK, don't at me, Dave Ramsey. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Blissy. I know that you guys have heard the benefits of sleeping on a silk pillowcase. Everyone I've ever met with amazing hair has always said, you got to sleep on a silk pillowcase. So I've been doing it. I've been using the Blissey Silk Pillowcase. Now, there are a lot of dupes out there that claim that satin can be an alternative to silk, but that is not the case. Satin is made from synthetic fibers like polyester, while silk is a luxurious all-natural fiber. Silk is way more breathable. It's moisture-wicking and gentle. It's also way more durable and long-lasting. So think of it as an investment in better sleep and skin and hair and waking up feeling way better. Blissy pillowcases are made of 100% mulberry silk, which is naturally hypoallergenic, so you can sleep more comfortably without itching or rashes. It's also the perfect gift to give when you're looking for a gift for any occasion, because who doesn't love a gift that they maybe didn't even know that they needed? Seriously, silk is where it's at. It's what's best for your hair and your skin. Blissy silk pillowcases are the best ones on the market. They have a ton of different prints and colors, and they make great gifts because there's an option for literally anyone. Men can also love silk pillowcases too you guys. They have over 1.5 million raving fans and you could be next. So try now risk-free for 60 nights at blissy.com/bad and get an additional 30% off. That's b l i s s y.com/bad and use the code bad to get an additional 30% off. You'll wake up feeling and looking better than ever. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Julie listen, I'm going to give it to you straight. Sometimes you need a morning after pill. Sometimes you have unprotected sex, you forget your birth control, a condom breaks, and you're just not sure. And I am very excited to tell you guys about a new company that is giving emergency contraceptive a much needed rebrand. Julie is an FDA approved morning after pill that helps stop pregnancy before it starts. When it comes to complex and stressful choices around your health, Julie believes that women deserve products that are easy in every way. Easy to find, easy to take, easy to relate to, and easy to understand. Julie stops your body from releasing an egg using the same active ingredient as plan B or other morning after pills. Essentially, Julie works by preventing or delaying your ovulation. So with no egg, there's no fertilization and therefore no pregnancy, and it's no risk to future fertility. Julie just launched at CVS, and you can also find it at Target and Walmart stores across the U.S. You can also order it online to have for the future, just in case. It's legal in all 50 states, and you don't need an ID, prescription, or credit card to get it. Julie is not just a morning-after pill. It's the morning-after pill brand that's working to increase access to emergency contraception for women across the country. Julie has a one-for-one donation program, and every time you purchase Julie at a store or online, the company donates one pill to someone who needs it. Julie partners with over 25 organizations across the country to provide donations to those disproportionately impacted by health inequities. So you can go to juliecare.co to learn more or find Julie at your nearest CVS, Target or Walmart today. That's juliecare.co to learn more. Okay. Next thing I learned, and this is something that I've learned in the last few months since dating again, and I guess I don't know last week in the episode I said I was in love and then I got a bunch of messages that were like wait, what? And I didn't, I, I thought I had talked about it before, but I think I had talked about it on the Patreon. But I did do, I did do a soft launch on my Instagram page, guys. Come on. Come on. Look for context. No. But yeah. And that thing that I learned in this new beautiful phase of life is that very ordinary things can be incredibly special when your perspective is right. Or When you haven't experienced them before there were a lot of little things that I've experienced recently just like little moments in a new relationship that I hadn't had before and they were very simple and they were very like probably I don't know if really anybody else would notice them or care about them but you know just little helpful things like folding my clothes for me or picking up a drink at the gas station or things like that that were really 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 special to me and it became this kind of profound thing because we should all be noticing those those little ordinary things right they should all feel incredibly special and my friend Chloe you guys know she's been on before she has a newsletter and also if you don't follow her on Instagram I don't know what you're doing with your life but she talks about the art of noticing things and she takes pictures of just kind of ordinary little moments. But they're like these beautiful, gorgeous things that happen in our day-to-day life that are, are you know, we're going to miss. Everybody always says that. Every old lady says that. They're all like, you know, when you look back, the little things weren't so little. But it is true. So just those those ordinary little things can feel special, especially after hard stuff, right? After tough years, you really just kind of crave normal, nice moments. And that can be as simple as dinner with friends or talking to your mom on the phone or, you know, having somebody who thinks about the drink you want at the gas station. Like those things are very special and not to be taken for granted. Okay. The next thing I learned this year, you can pick up a new hobby and then abandon it and do that over and over and over again. Do you guys remember my crochet phase? Of course you do, we all do. I crocheted, I can't even tell you how many hours a day, for like sometimes eight, nine hours a day. I was a fiend. My fingers were blistering. I just, I was like, this is who I am now. I'm I'm locked and loaded as a crocheter. And now I don't really do it anymore. And I like have this weird sense of like guilt about it because I bought all this stuff for it. I have like dozens and dozens of things of yarn and crochet hooks and all these little things. And I just don't really do it anymore. And I felt really bad about it. And honestly, I started feeling bad for the yarn. The yarn is just stuck in that box all day. And that's a bummer. But I realized that I'm probably going to have another hobby that comes up that I'm going to get really, really into. I'm going to buy all the stuff for it. And instead of thinking of it as like, oh, I started this thing and then I failed at doing it. I'm just going to think of it like I developed new skills for my arsenal. Like now I know how to crochet. I could teach anybody how to crochet. Like if one day somebody, I don't know, my kid comes up to me and it's like, can you teach me how to crochet? I'm going to know how to crochet. It's like just something that I have in my toolbox. So the next hobby that I have, I don't know, maybe it'll last a week, maybe it'll last a year. Either way, it's going to be a scale that I'll be proud to have. and. I don't have to make anything of it. You don't have to monetize your hobbies. You don't have to, like, it doesn't have to become your whole life. You don't have to fight through when it gets boring. You can just abandon it and you can do it as many times as you want with any hobby you've ever wanted. I'm just giving you permission to, you know, be free from the hobby shame. Okay. Rule number five. Wait, am I calling these rules? I don't think I've been meaning to call them rules. (laughs) Lesson. Maybe they are rules, but whatever it is, number five, I am calling tell your best friend. And let me dig into this one. So I was always given the advice growing up that you should never vent to your best friend or your mom or anybody else about your significant other because they don't forgive them the same way that you do. They don't love them in the same way that you do. So if you go to your best friend and you tell them something bad that happened, they are going to hate your significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, whatever. And I'm as I get older, I'm realizing how terrible this advice is. This is the worst advice you could give somebody. And let me explain why. First of all, you should be able to hear like little annoyances or little arguments that your friends have with their spouses and not hate their spouse. Every single marriage has little hiccups, little whatever, arguments, big fights, whatever it might be. And you should be able to listen to that with a non judgmental ear and not hate your friend's significant other. Say your best friend comes to you and is like, oh, yeah, me and, you know, Johnny got in a fight because. I always have to remind him to take the trash out and he never does. Then we miss it. and We have to fill the trash up for another week and then he missed it this week. And now we have no room for the trash. Something stupid like that. Some human problem. If you hearing that makes you hate their spouse, that's not their issue. That's your issue. Because there's always going to be things like that. There's never been a relationship without little, you know, tiffs like that. And on top of that, your friend, the other partner in the relationship, probably not perfect, has probably done things that have made their spouse mad. And if you heard things from the other perspective and you were using that same level of judgment, you would probably hate your friend, too. So there's that first half of it. The second half is, you know, assuming that the first half is in place and you have a rational best friend who can hear normal things without hating your significant other. If the thing if if something happens that is so bad that you think if you tell somebody rational they're going to tell you to break up with them and they're going to hate the person that you're with, then you have to tell somebody. Because that means that you're in a situation that you don't deserve to be in. It could possibly be abusive or destructive in some way. And if you think, oh, I can't ever, ever, ever tell anybody that this happened because my best friends would hate him. My family would never like him again. If it's that bad, you got to tell them. You got to tell your best friend. Because if it's that level, that the rational people in your life who love you who support you if you believe that they would not approve of the way you're being treated or the situation that you're in then you need help and you need a, a again somebody with their head on straight to guide you through a really difficult situation that one's tough i know i know it's tough but it is something that i do i do truly believe okay let's lighten it up a little bit shall we number 6 Invest in better moisturizer. Splurge a little bit. Okay, we've only got one skin suit. We got to keep it luscious. I feel like when I tell myself I don't really need to splurge, it's fine, I'll just get the cheap stuff, whatever, I look grayer and sadder and older. And then when I buy the good stuff, I look younger and vibrant and... Better, <laughs> but really, I feel I mean, and I'm not saying that as a slight to like embracing aging. Like I, I don't know. I don't feel like I have an innate fear of aging. I do have a few weird gray hairs that I want to cover up, not because they're gray. It's because they are short for some reason. They're like three inches long and they're coarse and wiry and they stick straight out of my head. Like I don't really know what to do with them because I tweeze them and, you know, it, what they say is true two more grow back. So I might have to cover those. Not because I'm ashamed of having gray hair. If it was long and it like looked like my real hair, I would just go for it. And I also think, okay, this is a this is a tangent. But bear with me on this, because I feel like there's a lot of things that people are doing now. I'm all for, you know, surgery, fillers, Botox, whatever makes your your heart happy. I don't know if they necessarily make people look younger like, I mean, I'm, take like the Real Housewives, for example. None of them look young. They just look like they've had work done. Like, that's kind of the look that they're going for. Because you don't look at Kyle Richards and you're like, hmm, is she 25? No, but she looks amazing for 50-something. She just looks like she's had work done. So I don't know if it accomplishes like, quote unquote, anti-aging the way we think it does. It just kind of gives a new look to you. I don't know if that makes sense. But anyway, back to investing in good moisturizer. Invest in good moisturizer for your face and your body. I feel the difference when I don't moisturize my face. I need like a thick, I use the uh, Skin Food is a brand that I've been, I actually got at a favorite things party and I was using it on my feet because it's like so thick and luscious and my feet are the Sahara Desert. And I was like, I'm going to slap, slap this on, on my face. And it was great. It kept me super moisturized. I'm not dry. I'm not breaking out or anything. I really do love that one. And then what was the other? Oh, you guys know I love the Way Body Cream. I love the 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 Soul De Janeiro, not the Boom Boom Cream. And yes, it's Boom Boom Cream. It's not Bum Bum Cream. It's Boom Boom. But I like the pink one. That moisturizer, like, just get a good thick moisturizer. It will make all the difference in like how you feel in the summer. And like, oh, you're just not uncomfortable in your skin. I wish I had. Well. I shouldn't say I wish I had because I've always been a little weirdly obsessed with moisturizer. But if I haven't told you recently, here's your official reminder that my number six lesson is to invest in better moisturizer. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is brought to you by the Natural Diamond Council. Do you think you know diamonds? Because you might not know as much as you think. They're over a billion years old, but the natural diamond is still very much a part of the present. Our engagement ring, the gift from a partner, or the jewelry we buy to celebrate a win can spark a lot of joy. But did you know that the stone is connected to 10 million people around the world? From Canada to Africa to Australia, the impact of the natural diamond industry is huge. It provides healthcare, it builds schools and roads to remote communities worldwide, Your natural diamond saves threatened species like the African elephant from extinction and protects more lands than Paris, London, and New York City combined. Each natural diamond promises a more sparkling future for generations to come. You can discover this and so many more natural diamond truths, including ethical sourcing, when you go to naturaldiamonds.com slash thank you. That's naturaldiamonds.com slash thank you. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by Squarespace. If you are looking to launch a business or maybe you already own a business, but the next step in your process is building a gorgeous website, but you don't really know where to start on that, Squarespace is the place for you. Squarespace is everything to sell anything. Squarespace has the tools you need to get your business off the ground or to continue killing it, including e-commerce templates, inventory management, a simple checkout process, and secure payments. Whatever you sell, Squarespace has merchandising features to make your products look their best online. You can also connect with your audience and generate revenue through gated members-only content. Manage your members, send email communications, and leverage audience insights all in one easy-to-use platform. truly does make the most out of your audience and your website. Also, maybe you are just using social media right now and you're worried about how to integrate the two. Well, you can connect your Squarespace to social media accounts. You can display posts from your social profiles on your website, and you can automatically push website content to your favorite social media channels so your followers can share it too. So head to squarespace.com slash bad for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, you can use the offer code BAD to save 10% off of your first purchase of a website or domain. I myself am a Squarespace loyalist. Anytime I have needed to build a website, I have done it through Squarespace. So once again, that is squarespace.com slash BAD for a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code BAD to save 10% off your first purchase. Okay. Number seven is one that I have learned by observation and also a little bit experience. And this lesson is don't get lost on your spiritual journey. On your spiritual journey, there is a side quest and it is a very thick, dense, scary forest called narcissism. And let me explain what I mean. I have, you know, deconstructed Mormonism. I've entered you know, my own spiritual space. I've explored different spiritual options over the last few years. And I've also talked with a lot of people about different modalities of spirituality, right? A lot of people, you know, do astrology. A lot of people do like psychedelics. A lot of people do like physical meditations and yoga and hiking and outdoors and all these. There's all these different things. I've seen it a lot where people who are on their spiritual journey and who are realizing you know toxic traits in maybe themselves or other people or you know trauma that they may have experienced as as kids or teens or whatever it is and they're deconstructing all of this it can turn into a mindset where you begin to think that everyone around you is wrong and because you are exploring your spirituality and you are deconstructing shame and trauma and you know toxic habits that you now know best and that you believe everybody else should cater to what you're doing because you are on a spiritual journey and it's you know you're enlightened and you're you know smarter than you were and you've learned all these things and you realize, realized all these bad habits that everybody has the best thing that i learned in my spiritual journey is that i don't know everything and neither does anyone else and I think that a lot of times in the like these highly spiritual spaces, people get into this thing where it's like, well, that person's toxic. And if they're not going to conform to what I believe is not toxic, then I need to cut them out of my life or they need to just be OK with whatever I do because I'm on a spiritual healing journey and they're, they don't fit into that anymore because they are not like they're not enlightened like I am. And I just think that that is the purest form of ego and narcissism, which is the exact thing we're trying to fight on a spiritual journey, right? Like the thing we're looking for, at least what I was looking for on my spiritual journey is connection and humility and knowledge and acceptance and all of these things that had nothing to do with cutting out every person in my life who does not live the way I deem fit. And that's what I'm talking about in that narcissism forest on this spiritual journey is that we can get it in our heads that we actually know better. And I I had my human design read a few months ago and human design is awesome. It was super helpful. She was great. She gave me a ton of insights. It's like it's similar to astrology in the way that it's based on like your birthday and where you were born. But it's it's a different thing altogether. I would not even begin to explain it correctly. Just look it up if you're curious about it, but something that was in my human design was that I you know have a tendency to like plan things and then want to bail, which is totally true. That's totally how I am. I get really ambitious with like the things I want to do, like I was just saying with hobbies, like I get really ambitious I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to do this, I want to plan this i and then I bail on it. I can't even tell you guys. I mean, you guys know you've been listening to the podcast for three years. you guys know I get these big plans, and I don't follow through because. Either I don't know how or it got really overwhelming or what have you. So basically, my human design said that the people in my life need to be okay with me bailing whenever. Even if it's something planned, even if they've planned a vacation and I don't feel like going, they need to be okay with that. And I just disagreed so much. I I was just reading this and I was just thinking, like, that is so like impolite. I mean, at at the minimum, it's impolite at the, you know, at most it's just selfish. And I don't want my my understanding of myself to lead me to a selfish place. I want it to lead me to a place where I am more open to, you know, connecting with other people and having relationships and all of that. And so I, I don't know. I just I started to think about that a lot when I was like, why should everyone have to be OK with things that I do that possibly hurt them. You know, what if somebody has a birthday dinner planned and I just don't feel like going, so I just don't go. And then that person feels like I didn't care about their birthday. Like, that's not enlightened. That's not spiritually sound. That's rude. It's rude. So, I mean, with with all of this, it goes back to what we talked about a few months ago about like kind of therapy speak. And, you know, there's definitely a spirituality language of people. You know, I'm using a lot of the words right now, like enlightened and spiritual journey and all of these things. And we when we start to use that to, you know, assert this spiritual dominance over people and we start cutting people out left and right. You know, and of course, I, I put, a disclaimer, yeah, put a disclaimer on everything. Of course, there are people who need to be cut out of your life for certain reasons. Yes, of course. I'm talking about just normal things that people do, just little human interactions that we have. You can't just slap a sticker on it and say, well, they're toxic because they don't even, you know, do this one thing that I do. And so I can't be around those people. It's like, no, that's intolerant and stupid. All right. So get off your high horse. In, enjoy your own spirituality. Let it connect you with people who live differently, live differently than you or disagree with you or bring a new opinion to the table and don't let it make you an insular, selfish person. Oh, I haven't wanted to talk about that for a while. Kind of been, kind of inventing about that in my head recently. OK, next lesson I've learned. Number eight, a little treat goes a long way. <laughs> I hope we're all still in our little treat phase, like where, you know, you do a little bit of work, you get a little treat, you wake up on time, you get a little treat, you're going on a kind of long drive, you get a little treat. I very much hope we're all still doing that. But this last year, especially, I have learned the healing properties of a long early morning drive, a good ass playlist, a cold coffee and a pastry like that combination could heal almost anything like that. That was something that I looked forward to every day. Going back to the first rule, which was just surviving, while you're surviving, you can just find little things that bring you just a smidge of joy, and that was mine. I wasn't sleeping very well, so I was up early all the time, and I would just drive, just drive, get a little treat, turn on some music, just for like 15 minutes of the day. I was like, I can I can get through this. And then the next morning, that's what I would look forward to. So a little treat does go a long way. Never hesitate. Never hesitate at a little... A little treat. Okay. Next one. You need to buy better bedding and you also need to wash it more. I finally invested in some good, like eucalyptus sheets and a eucalyptus duvet cover with a big, fluffy duvet in it. It, you guys, I know everybody says it that like sleep is the most important thing. Yeah. 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 It really is. And if you can sleep in a soft, cozy princess bed, basically all I've ever wanted is the bed that Daphne Reynolds jumps into at the estate of Lord Henry Dashwood. Like that is I'm not there yet, but that is always what I've dreamt of. Those big billowing pillows and blankets and all that. Like that's all I've ever wanted. So, yeah, it makes a difference how you feel when you sleep, how you feel when you you get out of the shower with freshly shaven legs and an expensive moisturizer, and a matching pajama set, if you slither into some soft silky sheets, your life will be changed. Sleep matters. How you feel when you wake up matters. It matters perhaps more than anything else, except maybe like the food you eat and drinking water. Like it is imperative that you enjoy your sleep experience. So if you can invest in a little higher quality bedding, if you can get yourself a little more snugly, you can always buy them secondhand. I see like I see on Facebook Marketplace place all the time like sheets that are in the package that have never been used. that People are selling for way cheap. That is the it is the best thing. When I moved into my new apartment, it was my first time living on my own. I was like, I need to make my bed comfy. I have like forty mattress pads on it. Like I said, I finally invested in good sheets, good duvet cover. I love it. I love the experience of going to bed. I also just love laying down. So, if I can lay down on a cool, crisp, silky, soft bed, I'm a new woman. All right. We're on to number 10. We are nearly halfway. Well, this is our halfway point. Once I finish this one, we'll be halfway. My 10th lesson that I've learned this year is that karma reigns supreme. Karma is a God. Karma is my boyfriend. I'm not trying to be funny or make a Taylor Swift reference. I'm being genuine. Karma is very real and it has. You're back. Well, as long as you, you know, didn't act selfishly or poorly or out of malice, and that you did your best to be empathetic and kind and courteous and, you know, think about other people. Karma will take care of you. And sometimes that's all we got. Sometimes all we've got is knowing that we did the most courteous, the kindest, the best that we could, and karma has to take care of the rest. And there's not much else to be done, which is unfortunate and fortunate because she's real and she takes care of shit. So trust her. It'll work out. Karma is very, very real. Okay. Number 11, something I've touched on before, something that was a big part of my journey. Sometimes part of healing is deciding to be healed. I've just learned that the healing journey can be endless if we let it. Like there will always be more to address, there will always be more wounds or more little traumas or more fights that happened years ago or more realizations or more. There will always be more. And if you let yourself get stuck in this whirlwind, like not even whirlwind, I'm going to say quicksand, the quicksand of it, like it will drag you down faster and it will inhibit you from living. Of course, there are things that need to be addressed that we need to heal from, that we need to work our way through. But sometimes part of the process is saying you know what? I want to step out of this now. And I want to take the knowledge of what I've learned and I want to move forward and I want to do better and I want to create a better life. And I don't want to give my entire future to the past. And that's what I felt like I was doing for like a long time. Like I was like moving forward. But the only thing I was focusing on was everything that was behind me, everything that had already happened, every wrong that had ever been done to me. That was the only thing I was thinking of. And it was like robbing me of my life, and so finally, when I was able to say like, no, I'm looking forward, I'm moving forward. I'm not talking about that anymore. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not, you know, searching out different ways to dig into my past. I've, I have done the digging. I have I have I've, I've dug I've dug a lot. I've done more than I've discussed on the podcast. Like I've tried so many different things of of healing and spirituality and trauma recovery and therapy and all these things. And it was so helpful when I was in the middle of it. And then finally, I realized that it was weighing me down so heavily. And I was like, okay, now I know. Now I know where to turn if something else comes up, but I'm ready to move forward. So number 11, sometimes part of healing is deciding to be healed. Number 12 is something that we've heard a million times. But I'm going to give a refresher on this because it seems like everybody forgets every now and then social media isn't real life. It's not. It's all fake. It's actually about five percent of five might be big, actually a big percentage might be less than that might be two percent of who a person really is. So keep that in mind when judging yourself and judging others, when comparing yourself to other people, when judging somebody else's life choices. You know, just keep in mind two percent, two. That's that's how much there's 98 percent of a of a human life behind that that you don't know, that you'll never know, that you might not understand, that you don't have the context of. So, I mean, are we going to are we going to judge ourselves and others on two percent of the information? Probably not. At least we shouldn't. I know that's redundant. I know we all hear all the time that social media is fake. But again, I just thought I'd get a little refresher course. Social media, not real. All right. Number are we on 13? Let's see. Number 13. Another hard truth, just a fact of life. Unhappy people hate when you're happy. They're going to hate when you're happy. I've never met a happy person who cared if somebody else was happy. Like that that was, I shouldn't say cared, that was bothered by somebody else being happy. The only people who do that are unhappy losers. So if you find yourself succeeding or doing well and somebody around you is mad at you for it or they celebrate when you fail, bad person, sad loser, unhappy. They don't like their life. They're mad that you like yours. It's just true. Sorry. Okay. Number 14 add a little more salt and also brown your butter every time i've cooked i've realized that i need a little bit more salt i need a little pinch i need more and also another thing i've learned while i cook and bake brown butter thousand times better i made a banana bread i usually try to make banana bread every sunday if i have the if the bananas are brown enough and a couple sundays ago i was like you know what i'm going to brown my butter i'm going to frick around and brown my butter and I did. And it was way better. And then guess what else I did? Sprinkled a little sea salt on top. Turns out that a little pinch of salt and a little brown butter can take everything you're eating that much further. I think that we all need to keep that in mind. A little more salt, brown your butter. Okay. Number 15. Another thing I've been wanting to dig into. You can experience the same thing differently than someone else. And both can be accurate representations this is in direct regards, direct regards, direct reference to religion. It's been a hot topic in my DMs lately because obviously at this point, you guys all know that I'm, you know, I've left Mormonism and I've deconstructed that. And so many of you guys have. And so many of you guys want me to talk about it. And then a lot of you guys are active LDS members and you don't want me to talk about it. And you find it offensive if I if I do talk about it, which is totally fine. I'm not saying that's wrong. It's something that's very personal to you and it's very important to you. And people talking about the issues that they have with it or the problems that they see or why they left and why they no longer want to be a part of it, that can feel personal and it can feel offensive. And I have been in both positions. I've been in the position of not wanting to hear about any ex-Mormon's experience. And I've also been in the position of desperately wanting to hear every ex-mormon's experience because I felt lonely in mine and I wanted to hear what other people had gone through. So I don't know how or when or if I will discuss, you know, in detail how I feel about the church and why I left and all of that. I put a poll on my Instagram the other day like you know because I I get really really bad reviews when I talk about religion and then I put it on my Instagram story and I say, do you guys want me to talk about it? And the overwhelming majority is that you guys do want me to talk about it. And so, I mean, that's just another, another little, so I should have put this on my lessons that I've learned. The minority is always louder. It's, you know, cause I was convinced, I was like, my whole audience hates when I talk about religion, but it turns out there's actually just a small percentage of people who really don't want to hear about it. But I'm not trying to, you know, alienate or offend that small percentage, of course, So going back to the lesson that I learned this year, that you can experience the exact same thing as somebody else, and both experiences can be an accurate representation. This is me talking to both Mormons and ex-Mormons, and I know that that's specific, but that's a good chunk of my audience, and I think that this is a topic worth discussing. We experienced the, the LDS church, right? All of us did in one capacity or another. Some of us have left. Some of us have had really horrible experiences. Some of us have stayed and had really amazing experiences. Neither of those are wrong. And I don't want to sound preachy or like I'm on a high horse here, but I'm, I'm, it might come across that way. I don't know. But I am urging, urging, encouraging both sides to say, maybe I don't understand their experience. But that doesn't mean mine is not real. And in addition to that, saying their experience is also true and my experience doesn't make theirs not real, because, again, I have been in both positions. I've had very wonderful, very, you know, positive experiences within my religious upbringing. I've also had really, really hard things that were hard to get over, that were hard to learn, that were, you know... That, that brought me a lot of turmoil. <laughs> and both of those things are true. And I'm saying this maybe as a precursor to the day that I talk about my religious experience, because I wish that there was a space for me to have an opinion about these things and to talk about my experience with them and not have people who believe differently hate me for it. And, a lot of a lot of responses when I was talking about the religion thing on my Instagram stories, a lot of people were like, well, they can just skip the episode if they don't want to listen. I hear you. But with religion, it's different because usually when you hear somebody offend you and offend your religious experience, you no longer listen to them, period. You don't like them as a person. It's not like, well, I skipped that episode and I like them. No, like especially with an, like a, you know, a small community of a of a religion, you know, like a high demand religion. Usually people will say, "Well, she talked about this one time and I can't listen to her anymore." It doesn't happen very often that people are like, "Well, she shared that opinion, but I got over it." It's I lose people. If I if I say something about the church that somebody doesn't like, they're not coming back. That's just the way it is. That's that's what happens. So, yeah, this is maybe maybe me giving a hopeful a hopeful I don't know, me being hopeful that all of us can hear other opinions about ex- and and experiences about situations and know that ours is just as real and just as valid somebody saying that they you know never felt good at church does not mean that you feeling good at church is stupid or bad and vice versa somebody feeling good at church does not mean that you feeling bad there is wrong and it's like it's like food it's like sushi if i met somebody who was like i don't like raw fish i wouldn't be like oh my gosh you hate me You hate everything about me because I love raw fish. I love everything about raw. I would eat the rawest of raw. I love everything about seafood. If I meet somebody who hates seafood, I don't think that they hate me. I don't think that they hate everything that I am and everything. I don't think that we couldn't be friends. And I know religion and seafood are a little different, but I think that the same thing applies. (laughs) I think that the same concept applies. So just remember just because you experience the same thing differently does not mean that the opposite experience is inaccurate. Both are correct. Two things can be true. It's it's a fact of life. Two things can be true. Let's ease up on each other. Let's welcome the differing opinions. Let's try our best to hear each other out and not invalidate and not take something that is either really special to somebody or, you know, in this case, something that's really hard for somebody and just shit all over it. It's unnecessary. Both things are true. Okay. Next thing, don't risk wearing uncomfortable shoes or pants that are too tight. Never been worth it. Never, never once in my life have I worn a pair of uncomfortable shoes and thought the fit was worth it. Maybe some of you have. I haven't. Like I and same with pants that were too tight. It has ruined my experience at parties, at dinners, at events because I wore pants that were too tight, that were way too tight. It ruins everything. Don't risk it. Put on a pair of slides. Put on a pair of sweats. Who cares? No one's looking. You'll have a better time if you feel good. OK, number 17. You can't do it all and you shouldn't have to. This is for my business owner ladies. I myself, you know, am a business I, I The Bad Broadcast is my business in case you missed that. And I've learned that I can't do everything. I got to help. I got to get help. I got to hire help. You guys know I've had somebody helping me with videos. I've been behind lately. Okay, that's my fault, not hers. I've also had, you know, been working with graphic designers. I've been working with people who know the podcast industry. Like, I can't do this all by myself. I'm basically doing it alone. You know, I've got Dear Media and Nick, my producer. But as far as like the growth of the podcast and the writing of the podcast and all that, I'm doing it by myself. Merch, I, I, you know, I design on my own. I, I send it off. I pick everything, and I need help. And more than likely, if you're running a business, you need help, too. And, you know, if you can hire help, that's great. If you need to enlist friends and family or, you know, call in a favor or whatever it might be, if there's something that can anybody who can help you with what you're doing, take the help, take the help. That is what I wish I could. I could scream to women everywhere. Just take the help. You, you need it. They're willing. Just let people help you especially in business, but of course, in your personal life as well. Number 18 is buy a mini fridge. When I moved in with my parents, I got a little, well, I had a little mini fridge because I kept my ice roller in it, but I decided to keep it in my bedroom and I decided to put it right next to my bed. It was on my, on my nightstand, like on the bottom shelf. I kept treats in there and drinks in there. I kept an ice roller in there. I kept a little headache call it my headache helmet. You know, like it's cold and you put it on your noodle and it gets rid of your headache and nothing compared. I kind of had this my own little oasis in my parents' house because obviously I didn't want to intrude. I didn't want to like be in their space. So I kind of made my room like my little sanctuary and it was awesome. And that mini fridge changed me. I loved it so much. So if you can get a little mini fridge, keep it in your office, keep it in your bedroom, keep it in your studio, whatever it is, it will make a difference. You feel like a princess. (laughs) Okay. Number 19, your empathy is your gift, not their weapon. I don't consider myself an empath. I don't feel other people's feelings. I do work on having empathy. I do think it's an important thing to have. I try my best to employ it whenever possible. However, I have learned that when I do express a lot of empathy, there are people, whether it's in work or your personal life, who will use your empathy as their weapon to get what they need, to get what they want. It's it's horrible. It's manipulative. I don't, I, here, here's the thing. I don't think that people are, bad. I don't think that there are people who are pure evil who are all bad. I think that there are people who are in situations where they act out of self-preservation. And I have encountered people who have used my empathy for self-preservation and they have needed to get something or they have been desperate in so- in one way or another. And I have offered empathy and it was used against me. And I regret it and it hurt me a lot And the only thing that I can say is to be careful and to, you know, not offer unlimited empathy to every single person. I know that sounds horrible. As I'm saying that, I'm like, "Ah, that sounds like bad advice. That's not what I'm trying to say. Of course, offer empathy to everybody that you possibly can, but don't offer it to the point of where you sacrifice yourself or you let other people get their claws into you and get what they need and you're unable to stick up for yourself. That's what I mean when I say it's your gift to use and to give and it's not their weapon to get a hold of and use against you. That makes sense? Just be careful with your empathy, but use it as often as possible. Okay, number 20, the last and final lesson of the year. Before I say my final, my final lesson, I want to talk about you guys. The bad broadcast exists because it has an audience. That's why we're here that's on you. This is all your fault. <laughs> no, just kidding. This is I credit all of this to you guys. You've seen me become a lot of different versions of myself. 3 years ago when I started the podcast, I was married, I was living in a different city, I was in a tiny little apartment, I was unemployed, I was making no money. I, you know, was very lost. I was I I was very unsure of what you know, the future would hold. And you guys have seen me go from that to, you know, a full-time podcaster to this new version of me and this, these new experiences that I'm having. And you've seen me morph and I'm sure that I've lost people along the way. (laughs) I'm sure I have. I'm sure there's people who liked me at the beginning and don't like me now, but I know that there is a lot of you who have been here since June 7th, 2020. And you're the reason that I'm able to do any of this. You guys gave me permission to change. You guys gave me, you know, space to heal, to do what I needed to do. I I know that I I reference hard or rude DMs that I get a lot of times, but the overwhelming majority of the people that I have met through this and the DMs that I get and the messages and the reviews and everything that you guys have done for me has been positive, doesn't even begin to cover it. It's magical. You guys have are the the kindest, coolest, most open-minded, most warm people I've ever met in my life. And I can't believe that I get to like be at the helm of this. It's insane to me. I feel really, really lucky. If I keep talking about it, I'll cry. So I'll leave you with this 20th lesson that I learned this year, which is the reinvention of a new and better you exists within the debris of your old life. And I watched my life go up in flames. It like maybe that doesn't even cover it. Like it exploded in my face in every possible way. And there were just a few little bits of me left in it. And when I found them and I picked them up, I decided to build a new me around them. And I decided to take those core things that I knew I I never lost and that were always with me. And I decided to build this new person. And I know that that will happen again. I mean I hope not in such a dramatic fashion but I know that my life will change in more ways than one and I will have to hold on to those you know five pieces of shrapnel that I found <laughs> that I built my life on and I'm going to keep reinventing and keep rebuilding and if you are in the middle of your explosion if your life is like literally has a flamethrower coming right at it just hold on to those few little things a a new you is on the other side a better you a more understanding more empathetic cooler funnier hotter you <laughs> is on the other side just hold on to those because the reinvention of you is around the corner. So hold on to the people who love you, hold on to the pieces of you that you know are truly, truly yours. And you're gonna be all right. Even if you're just surviving, you're gonna get there. So, with all that said, thank you guys for the journey that you have joined me on. I hope we got to do this for a million more years. I love you more than I can even begin to express. So what you can do for me is just always be safe, be kind, and be hot. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you. So please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind the scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.